What is crack-a-lackin' party, people? Welcome to another episode of the Real Nostalgia Podcast, coming to you live and direct from the land of D&D. It is your boy, Mitchell Lingo, and your boy, Rubana. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to another episode of the Real Nostalgia Podcast, guys. I hope you guys are enjoying the pod. Um, Yeah, we got another episode for you guys this week. Uh, Don't know what we're going to talk about. I know we watched a lot of movies, and uh, we were just talking about an article that we had just read um, about bands that we liked, and it, I guess it's like the ten year anniversary for a lot of these bands. It's pretty crazy to notice all, all notice all this shit uh, lately because a lot of these bands are doing like anniversary shits. Um, how you doing, Ruben? I love you, God. Uh, God. You That's my vibe right now, dude. <laughs> Positive energy. Yeah. Oh, dude, yeah, that's what I was going to say, dude. I was going to text you earlier. Today, is it's two years since Brody Stevens passed. That's so wild to me. R.I.P., man. That's so crazy. Yeah, an indelible comedian from the Los Angeles area who was a hometown hero, like the definition of a hometown hero. Um, he was from the Valley, from the other Valley, so he, from the 818. <laughs> Ventura, <laughs> till I die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me and Ruben had the pleasure of seeing him do cl- uh, crowd warm up a couple times because uh, we went to a couple of tapings um, for a comedy TV show, uh, the Benson Interruption, and he was uh, doing crowd uh, like uh, yeah crowd yeah not crowd, crowd work. work but what do you call that hype hype like hyping the what do they call those guys I forgot what they're called. This is a hype guy. I don't the know. Guys, yeah. they, they like hype up the crowd because, you know, there's a lot of dead air uh, when you're filming a TV show. You know, they got to reset cameras and stuff like that, bring out the next guest. And so there's a guy that's doing like audience work. And he's like, that's like where he thrived, keep- dude. That was like his environment too, like the crowd work. It was so good. Well, at he's that. he's famous for that. I guess he used to do that on a lot of TV shows. Yeah, I think it was a sh- the Chelsea Handler show. Like that was like one of he his did the Chelsea ones, yeah. show and then he did another show. I forgot what show, but he did another show. Um, and yeah, so uh yeah and he was a uh but he was like uh he was one of one there's no brody stevens and i got to see him uh twice as a performer as an opener um so yeah i don't know he's cool i saw him once at the lyric uh he opened up for uh what is it the secret comedy show i went to a secret comedy show it was like rory scoville sari silverman ari shafir um yeah and he he was one of the guys that opened uh, he went. He went right after Joe Mandy, and like, yeah, it was only a five minute set, but fuck, he's fucking Brody. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's like one of my comedy heroes. There's nobody like him. Um, huge, like the biggest Dodger fan too. Yeah, uh, he was yeah, like a staple crazy at the, that at the comedy stores. And he was there like every, at the comedy store. He was there like every night. Like you would just have to wait till like midnight to see him, but like he was always there. He's like your comedian's favorite comedian. Like he had, he was such a unique guy, very unique guy, super unique personality um yeah if you see him i'm sure if you see him you will never forget him um but yeah he was uh yeah it's it's crazy that it's been two years since his passing and tra- tragically uh he passed away yeah he- he's got two really good uh uh tv shows about he suffered he was uh he was he long suffered depression for like a really long time and he had like there was two really good shows about it one on comedy central that wasn't as uh visceral i guess it it's wasn't dark, as like hard yeah. hitting and then he had an hbo one that's like pulls no punches it basically shows you like when he had his uh manic break and yeah, it's pretty yeah, sad it's pretty pretty depressing he, it's like, pretty crazy he, that he, he was like, a prospect lived, he, he lived with like his a, mom right uh, single a pro what's that like he lived with his mom and then she died like towards the end yeah she was like an old lady like like in their 80s yeah. or something 
and like that's like yeah it's so crazy you live in a small apartment with your mom and you're like a famous comedian yeah you know he, like, he was a uh single a prospect he played a single a ball um really good pitcher uh yeah he had dreams to be in the big leagues i guess he knew a lot of players in the big leagues and a lot of pitching coaches uh because you know he was a division one player um for baseball and then he played some i don't know if he played i know he played single a i don't know if he played double or triple a but yeah he was just like that's crazy yeah crazy guy uh i've been a lot of uh people have been posting like a lot of clips of him and it's a uh, it's pretty heartwarming he was a like i said a very unique guy he had this thing positive energy yeah. <laughs> um but yeah that's crazy a lot of anniversaries are going on there's like a lot of self-reflection right now just because everybody's like locked up dude Still locked up from the pandemic, bro. Apparently, it's it's over. I mean, every, what? the pandemic, like everything around me is just like <laughs> having to go back to normal. It's crazy. It's so crazy that like people are just like so ready to like, because people are like, I got the vaccine. Let's go party. And it's like, it's not, it doesn't work like that, but <laughs> yeah, like, like my job is like the full workforce has to go back uh, March 1st, which is like next, this is this Monday coming up. Yeah. And uh, just, just like today, they had like, we got an email saying like, "Oh, don't go to the garage because it's quarantined off now." You know, because people were infected. What? So it's just like I don't know. It's crazy, but but it's like I feel like because it's March, everybody's like, "Okay, that's the year that we went the like the one year since we went into lockdown." That everybody's yeah. just trying to come back. Like, okay, we're done. Like trying to make it just a year. Same thing with my wife stuff. Yes. Like, like they're going all the way. They're they're like they're going back to pre-pandemic practices. So it's like they're going back to normal. Yeah, and it's like I don't know, it's crazy. And then my mom's job too. Like all of her kids are coming back in March, like the first week yeah. of March or something. So it's just like everything is coming back to normal. When is she getting? Has she got the vaccine yet? No, they still. She's still not able to get it. Like she's yeah, not qualified uh, yet. Yeah, you know. So I don't know. They but, say March first, teachers, right? California? I don't know. I, I think that they were gonna delay everything a little bit because they're seeing that we're not getting like a good stock of vaccines in because of the storm. <laughs> all yeah. that stuff you know the texas and all that that weather that's going on over there but yeah i don't know yeah we'll see what happens yeah that's wild yeah my my job is still like you're on your own <laughs> <laughs> if you could get it you could get it when you're on your own it's like dude what the fuck we've been working we haven't stopped working like since the fucking pandemic we've been working more yeah what the fuck and these fools are like yeah you're on your own bro if you could get it get it <laughs> <laughs> good luck dude <laughs> it's like fuck dude what, did they give but, you guys like a letter or something like so you, in case you guys do show up at a vaccine place or something or well they'd give us anything they no. just told us if you like have the chance to get it you can get it but yeah no shit we dude. don't have like yeah exactly like, I, don't, I don't need your like, permission like, we, we, we're, we're not we're like they keep saying we're working with local governments to like figure out it's like dude whatever dude obviously nothing's happening they sent gavin to some one email and he's just like ah junk it <laughs> junk folder yeah so i'm just like whatever dude i don't really care my thing is like i don't i'm not gonna re- i don't really change my routine even if i do get the vaccine i'm not changing my routine but yeah yeah it's the thing like people i know a bunch of people who are just like let's go dog like I'm like nah man i don't want to go like hang uh, out it's like come on just come over hang out for a couple beers like nah dude i'm good you think after like let's just say like they're like oh the the numbers are like no, almost nothing and everybody is back to, to normal are you gonna be or do you think now you're just gonna be like more reclusive than before just because you're so used to it or are you going to kind of like go back to normal once everything's over i need i need data to show that we're okay to like go out mm. you know what i mean yeah 
I can't I can't take the I can't take word uh, people's word for like you know well everybody's got the vaccine. So. Hey bro, everybody's like, doing it, dude. <laughs> you ever you haven't heard the news? Because my biggest my biggest thing is like I want to go to a show so bad. Yeah, you know I, mean? I want to go to a movie I'm, theater I'm so bad. What what? I want to go to a movie theater so bad. Yeah, and I'm like hurting. You know what I mean? They're saying in they're saying that they're gonna open it up right, twenty five percent capacity or something. Well, I know like in New York theaters. this week they're gonna open up movie theaters. Yeah, and uh, we were pretty much kind of like they mirror both of us as far as like the numbers and everything. You know what I mean? But like, well, we'll see. Yeah. So hopefully, by the end of March, theaters are open. Because I feel like if they do it right, theaters should be pretty safe. You know, like if you you know like if you if they actually are not greedy and like actually have a pretty good surrounding of empty seats seats around people, it should work out pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I don't know. My biggest thing is I I won't know. Her, her immunity is like a great concept, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's like a great idea, but I don't know if it'll actually, it'll actually happen, you know? Yeah. Like, will this shit mutate by the time Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> we get so-called herd immunity, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not planning, even if I get the, even if I get the vaccine, I'm not planning to go out, like, my mind is already set that, like, I'm not going out till fucking October, November. Really? I mean, even, even where, though am, I, where even am I gonna though go? You- even though you're vaccinated, like you got the vaccine, and then they're like, the numbers are like way down. Like we're not even, dude. We were like at forty thousand. Was it like, it was like a month ago. We were like at forty thousand cases per day, right? Yeah. And then now we're like at one thousand, like twelve hundred. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so crazy how dramatic that dropped. Yeah, it's because all those idiots for Christmas. <laughs> Fucking wild how like the holiday just like. It's insane. And then it, today, it didn't help that it was two holidays, you know, compacted on each other. Oh, yeah. Thanksgiving. Oh, well, three, dude. Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. Oh, uh, I was just counting uh, Christmas because, and well, New Year's just because they're closer together. You well, know what, what, ha- like, well, what happens is, like, okay, so you have Thanksgiving. Now, Thanksgiving is where, like, the initial people get sick, and then all that spreads, and then it, it kind of, like, goes into Christmas you know what I yeah. mean? Which is just like a like a recipe for disaster. You know, you have like yeah. the like the widespread like Thanksgiving, and then it just goes into Christmas, and like, and then the fact that Christmas is so close to New Year's, it's just like you probably you you wouldn't have shown symptoms if you got it on Christmas. Yeah, you would have shown symptoms on New Year's. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But you could have been carrying that shit. Like, yeah, I mean, it's like I don't know. I don't. I, don't, I feel like maybe I'll go out to breweries and stuff like that. But yeah, movie theaters and show. I don't think shows are coming oh, back. Yeah, me either. Until like after after summer, yeah, me definitely. There, I'm, I'm sure there's and gonna I, be a couple summer shows that are trying to push it, but like, I don't know, man. I, yeah. I don't I don't see that happening yet. I just see a lot of bands trending to like we're just scheduling everything to 2022 just to be safe. Yeah, and so it's like that. It's like that. Who's gonna Who's gonna break? Who's gonna like break the line? Who's gonna like really go? Who's gonna do a show? Breaking I feel like Benjamin. like you said. I feel like there's gonna be like a Coachella or something like. Yeah something big but i do think there are going to be precautions i don't think it's going to be like coachella where you can go like i think maybe it'll be like that british remember how when they were dying down their cases were dying down like they built that show where you can like get your own like like table essentially like in a field and like you were in a box <laughs> well was like, it i forget where it was like i don't know if it was here or in the uk but like they had like at the park and there was like they had tape it taped off so like you had like your own little pod and then everybody yeah. just, was just sitting there, like, you know, all distances. From... That's what I feel like, because I feel like, you know, you see the pictures in New York, and they have, like, those circles in the grass for, like, six feet. And I feel like that's how a show would be, is, like, you yeah. get a circle. <laughs> I, I feel like, like, breweries are probably going to be the first thing I do, because it's kind of, like, especially, like, if you have outdoor breweries, like, what is, like, Hamilton and, like, a lot of those places, you just chill outside with your, you know, with whoever. And then yeah. if 
I'm vaccinated. They're vaccinated, and we're distanced. You know, that should be fine. That in the movie. Yeah. Th- I don't. That in the movie theaters I, are like the two things I think I would do. I feel you. But just still, like the movie theaters. But, the movie theaters. Um, it's yeah. I'm still scared of the movie theaters, just to the inside. And uh-huh. I think people would be more cautious than breweries because you know, like people are more desperate to go breweries because <laughs> they're winos. But I don't know, yeah, man. I, I feel know. like like once you get drunk, you just like ah oh, fuck it. You take your mask off and try to give people hugs. Well, that's what I'm saying. Breweries. That's more scary. You know oh yeah, I mean? yeah. Like, because it's like you. I saw the pictures from a couple of breweries that like opened open this week. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like they're like patios open, and you see the pictures, and it's like, what the fuck? There's too many people. <laughs> I get it though. Uh huh. It's wild too. Did you see that thing about the breweries that like people were tripping out about? No. Somebody posted on either IG or Twitter like a beer account, and they're like, we need more diversity in uh in breweries. You know what I mean? Like in in, in uh, craft brew in craft brewing craft brewing. Like, uh, and then they posted the statistics of like that Latin people drink like 75% (laughs) (laughs) What (laughs) from the breweries. I'm just kidding. I don't know if they put 75%, but people were just, I put the sentiment like, you know, we need more, more diversity in craft beer. Like, uh, there's not a lot of, uh, uh, what is it? BIPOC Brown and indigenous people of color, whatever, whatever Uh in, uh, the craft brew world. And, uh, people got like so offended by it. Like, cause people were just sharing, it was a, somebody was sharing, share, there was a black dude who was sharing the sentiment, you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. oh, we need more. And then everybody was like, well, then go fucking start your own brewery. And it's like, dude, I'm just, <laughs> you're just like saying like, we need more. Like, you know, obviously it would be better if there was more, uh, color in breweries. You yeah. know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, it was just crazy. It was uh, pretty outrageous. Like, uh, the comment section on shit uh-huh. like that. It's like, oh, now you got to be woke in breweries. And like, uh, all right, dude, whatever. <laughs> like, you could just pass this. You could just pass this. Like, pay just it, no mind. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to comment but on yeah. that. But yeah. yeah, it's just crazy. But uh, yeah, <sighs> drinking a lot of beer. I've been trying to like slow you down. See, you see that, that uh, the Simpsons, like they're they're going to change the, what's it, Dr. Herbert? Yeah, Harry Shearer's sure not going to play him anymore. Yeah, it's crazy. After like 30 some years. Yeah. They're gonna get somebody else to fill. They should just like get a new character. Like you know what I mean? Like it sucks. Like he's been that character for thirty years. It's like okay, he could leave and then have a new doctor or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. My thing is, it's a cartoon. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not that big a deal. Like all right, change the character. I don't really care. You know? Like yeah. Simpsons is still good. Uh, you know, it doesn't really bug me. But yeah, I I get what you mean. Like, uh, that's a character that you know, it's like a poo. You know, it's like yeah, just kill off. Yeah, just, just kill like, him off. Write another character. Yeah. Or who's retiring? Hey, he's retiring, and yeah. then you know, and then that's it. Then you have a new character there. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, it's a it's a wild world we live in, bro. Oh, yeah, dude. How's work right now for you? It's uh, it's cool. I mean, starting March, it's crazy because like we have the baby right now, and it's like trying to. It's like we're in you're a, still only working like three days a week, right? Right now, yeah. Starting Monday, I go back full time. So it's like. Um. Well, the other two days I'm like on call, and technically they could call me in, but like I they yeah. never do, you know, because there's somebody else there. But um, yeah. So it's like a scramble right now to try to like figure out what we're gonna do with the baby, and because Mickey goes yeah. back to work, she got an email saying like, oh, effective immediately, like you know, like sh- her workload just jumped up today. So it's just like, yeah. oh fuck, now we gotta like scramble, find out what we're gonna do with the baby, and how you know, like so it's crazy right now. Yeah, it's a wild time, fuck. dude. That is crazy, brethren. This is Christo. <laughs> uh, you watch any movies this week? Yeah, I saw um, Barb and Star go to Vista del Mar. 
Tell me how that was. I I want I want to see it, but I'm kind of scared. Okay, it's not. I don't think it's it's worth renting for twenty dollars right now. Like it's, yeah. it's it's if it's six dollars whatever to even ten dollars it's fine to rent. But right now it's not worth twenty dollars. But but it's good. It's like it's it's enjoyable. You know, like it's kind of like one of those movies where it's just so like outrageous that I could see it being like a midnight showing theater, like like a cult classic. You know, everybody dresses up like they're going to like Margaritaville, and then they're you know what I mean, and then like yeah. stuff like that. But it's, it's cool. I liked it. It's funny. Yeah, what I heard Paul Tompkins talk about it, he was like. Uh... They don't make movies like that anymore. Like the last movie that was like that outrageous was probably Borat, the first Borat, you know, just because it came out of nowhere. Um, but it's like they don't make like movies that are just that like not outrageous, but that uh, like silly. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's, like, that's the perfect word for it. Silly. <laughs> it's like a very silly movie. I want to see it, but it's cool, dude. There's that know. that kid in it. His name is uh, Rain Doy. He, like he's so hilarious, man. He's he's like the the best part of the movie. It's like the little Asian Rain kid. Doi? Yeah, Rain Doi. I think it's like his first movie. Or he was like in a show or something. He was on that TV show SWAT, like back in the day. Okay. <laughs> and uh and then now he's in this. But like he's really good. He's so funny. You gotta check him out. Yeah, man. I need I need to I need to watch it. Alamo's been pushing it. I've been, I need to watch it. There's a couple of movies right now that are coming out that I need to watch. But yeah. What else you watch? I saw that, then I saw Flora and Ulysses. It's on Disney Plus. So it's it's um ben, Plus. ben Ben Schwartz he's in it and Bobby Monahan yeah. and uh, it's just about like this girl who, who like she her parents the squirrel movie yeah oh now I know what it is yeah so it, it's got uh, Willow from Buffy and yeah and what's her name in uh, How I Met Your Mother Allison what? something right? yeah so she's in it too her and Ben Schwartz are their parents and then Allison Hannigan no I don't know, I don't know. and then Flora is like the, the daughter. And Ben Schwartz, he's like a comic writer. Like he makes comic books, and like he's struggling. Yeah. And then his wife, uh, she's like a like a romance novelist, and like they're kind of struggling. And then they kind of like going through a, a breakup, and uh, she finds a squirrel, and then like yes. it's just like she thinks he's got superpowers, you know. And it's kind of like, wait, does he have superpowers, or is he just a regular squirrel, you know? And it's pretty cool. And then like it starts off where like the squirrel goes to the typewriter and types something up. And that's where Flora, like her whole imagination, go, you know what I mean. So it's like that's where it takes off, but it's good. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know why I heard about that, but yes, I heard about that. But as soon as you said, yeah, it just clicked. I was like, oh yeah, that's a squirrel movie. I don't know if it's getting pushed, and I saw like an advertisement for it, but yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, it's cool. And then I saw Finding Ohana. It's on Netflix. It's like the the Netflix's Goonies. It's um, it's like they're in Hawaii and then like they live like this this mom and uh, her two kids live in New York, and their grandpa lives in Hawaii. He has a heart attack, so they have to go back to help him. Is out. it animated? No, no, it's a uh, live action. Oh. So they go back to Hawaii, and then the daughter, the young daughter, she's like really into geocaching, and um, so that's why she's all into that stuff. And then she finds like a little notebook with some with a map. It's pretty much Goonies. But in, but yeah. in Hawaii, and it's it's good, it's yeah. good. You know, it's I mean, obviously, it's not as good as Goonies, but, yeah. but it's it, I recommend watching it. It's like one of those things where, like, in the future, when you have kids, like, it's gonna be like this is what they're gonna watch as like, oh, this is their Goonies. But then yeah. it's like, oh, if you like this, like, it's gonna be cool to show them like Goonies, you know, the actual movie, like where it was inspired. It sounds it, like a it sounds like an algorithm movie. Yeah, it is. It sounds like it's like you, you know, Netflix makes those movies where yeah, it's like, yeah, like, it's basically a ripoff of this. It's just set in a different location with yeah. different characters. And, and they, like, they oh, even okay. say, they even say, "Hey, you guys!" Like when they're in the caves. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
So it's like they're not hiding. They're not trying to hide it. You know what I mean? So it's it's but it's cool. I I, I liked it. It, was, it. Like it flies by and it's it's pretty fun. They be doing that shit. <laughs> and then I saw Nomadland, but um yeah, I'm pretty sure we'll talk about that a little bit later. Okay, okay. So what, uh, what you watch? Uh, I watched a lot, but let me just touch touch on the ones that I think are worth watching. Um, it just popped in my head. I saw Minari, uh, because you know A twenty four is doing the digi- digital showings of that. So is it uh, is it is it up to the hype? Does it live up to the hype? It lives up to the hype, but it's not dramatic like that. Like the trailer is. Oh really? Yeah. So the trailer is like, oh my god, it's like this hardship of this family. Like it's way more cute of a movie. Oh, like, crazy. Uh, and I think they marketed it totally wrong, but I get why they did it. You know what I mean? Um, to me, it's way more of like a, a a Sundance movie. It's really cute. It's really good. It's like more of a coming coming of age tale. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's like something I would tell my parents to watch because I know that like it would like they would really like it. Yeah, it's really good though. It's really good. I think uh, what's his name? Uh, if he doesn't get nominated Yoon, for or? a best uh, supporting actor, Will Patton. He plays like a crazy neighbor. A crazy we'll, we'll farm neighbor. We'll what, what is he in? What else? Uh, the the one thing that came to mind right now is like, have you seen Remember the Titans? Uh huh. Hayden Panettiere's dad. Oh, okay. You know, the white coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. Dude, I've seen that movie like twenty times just because like that was like the go to movie in my middle school. Like that's like <laughs> rainy days. They just put on Remember the Titans. But he's like a character actor, very famous character actor. That dude. And uh, he plays like this, their neighbor who's like trying to get redemption. But it's just like a coming of age story about a kid who grew up in Alabama. Um, uh, is it Japanese? I think it's Korean or Japanese immigrants. Um, but yeah, it's good. I, I thought I was going to like it a lot more, um, but it was good. I I, it, I would re- definitely recommend it. It's one of the better movies I've seen this year. Yeah. Um, Oscar, contender, sit- Oscar contender or no? Oh yeah, I think so. I think yeah. it could be an Oscar tender. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it has like the power to like sweep everything like uh-huh. Moonlight or, you know what I mean. But it's good. It's good. I would I would recommend it. I think uh, the gram the all the actors are really good in it. Steve Yoon, the grandma, and the uh, the wife, all really good. And the little boy's real cute. <laughs> hey, the <laughs> the, sister, the, um, yeah. the Oscars are in March or April. I don't even know if they're gonna do it, bro. But I, I think it's in uh, April. I think April? they pushed oh, okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I think we should do like uh, a, saw... we should do like um. An Oscars like predict uh, prediction episode, and then like yeah. like whoever like whatever ones you get wrong, you gotta take a shot, and then we'll do the, the next episode where we take the shots and we go over like like the results. Oh, that's crazy! That'd be cool. And we I gotta see because there's like a lot of movies that I'm like, uh, it's so weird. You know what I mean? Like you know they were trying to get movies in under the wire f- to get nominated for Oscar contention. You know what I mean? Like I don't know if Judas and the Black Messiah is gonna be nominated this year or next year because I think oh. it's this year that they came out. I mean, like, there's, yeah. there's, I don't know. Um, I saw Nomadland. I saw Test Pattern, which uh, I was thoroughly let down by. Uh, it's about uh, a guy and a girl, black in, a, a black girl and a, a white dude who live in Atlanta, and they have a relationship. And then the girl gets, uh, she gets uh, date raped, mm-hmm. and the movie is just about them trying to get a rape kit, like going to different hospitals because it's like kind of a. There's like a lot of semantics in order to get that, like a lot of red tape and shit to like stipulations. You got to have like a nurse to give you it, to give you the exam. And, oh, okay. you know, you have to have people present. And so it, it's just like a long story, but it was it's not good. It, no. it, it, it let my expectations down. The movie is shot really well and it's like uh, it has a really good story. I just didn't like both of the, the actors, specifically the husband, the white dude. I was just like, ah, I don't like this guy. Uh, he was like he bugged me. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I saw that. I saw uh, they put uh, this 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 past week they put uh, Ava DuVernay's uh, second movie on uh, Netflix. It's her uh, documentary. This is a life. Um, this is just a PSA for anybody that's listening. Like that's the reason. Like I will always love uh, Ava DuVernay. Like she has my heart for the rest of her life. Even if she like gets on my nerves and makes like the stupidest decisions and says stupid shit. Um, yeah, that movie is basically about Project Bloat, and oh, she made wow, like crazy. a documentary about Project Bloat. And so, yeah, it's just like it's the documentary I always wanted growing up. And when I saw, because it, it came out years ago, it came out like ten years ago. It's just it was it's really hard to find. Like if you go after Ava became like super famous, like they sell like copies of the DVD for like a hundred bucks online. Oh, okay. If you can get it, but it's like, yeah, when I first saw it, it was like everything I wanted. It's like the the whole history of uh, Project Bloat, and Project Bloat was like a scene in L.A. about uh, uh in South Central. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, in Lamar Park. That was uh, about like hip hop in the late 90, early 2000s. That was like my entry into like underground hip hop. I loved it. I have a fucking Project Blow tattoo on my body. But uh, yeah, that's like the reason I always love her. And it's on Netflix. It's a really good documentary. I think it's like an hour and 30 minutes. It's cool. It goes through and it has like cameos by like all my favorite MCs. So was this like the first time that you saw it or this is uh, you rewatched it? I rewatched oh, it. Okay. This is the first time I saw it in a long time. I saw it a long time ago because it was on the IFC channel. Oh, okay. Like there was a premiere for it before she was like famous. I just saw it because it was a Project Blow documentary. Yeah. Little did I know that Ava DuVernay would go on to be Ava DuVernay. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like I just watched it as, oh, like when I first saw This Is a Life, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I'm going to follow this director because she'd made a documentary about like shit I like. Yeah. You know? And then little did I know she'd go on to be fucking Ava um i saw the painter and the thief which is a gnarly hulu movie hulu rolled out hulu and neon have a partnership and they rolled out all their uh shit they're pushing for the oscars they put up three movies uh dear comrades the painter and the thief and nocturno and uh, i haven't seen the other two i've been wanting to watch dear comrades it keeps reminding me to watch it on my hulu account (laughs) but uh the painter and the thief is a fucking gnarly gnarly documentary um it's pretty sad it's pretty it's pretty intense but essentially the storyline is uh in norway the movie starts off with this uh video footage of somebody stealing a painting and come to find out it's like this druggy guy in like norway or sweden whatever he like still he still he goes on like a bender and steals these paintings uh he gets arrested and then the painter who does the paintings she's like this up-and-coming artist who does like hyper-realistic photos um she goes to the 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 hearing and she talks to the guy and she's like uh i don't care like whatever whatever like i don't care what you did i just like do you can i get my paintings back like where'd you put them and that leads to like a she starts like a relationship with this guy and it's like weird like they both like discover each other's trauma and are kind of like codependent and it's like this weird codependent relationship where she likes makes paintings of him but he like is constantly like doing bad shit like you know because he's feeling love so he's like always hurting himself and oh okay it's wild dude it's a crazy documentary and like how the guy made the documentary and like stumbled upon these two subjects <laughs> is wild like what the hell like it's it's been uh, out like it, on VOD for a while right it just and then it just came on on Hulu for free yeah, it just came on Hulu for free, but it's been on VOD for a while. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that one looks good. It was I remember a, seeing it like I know that ago, I like know for trailer. a fact this movie I I I know for a fact before theater shut down this is how long ago it was. It it played in the theater. And oh, like it was okay. a movie that I saw and I was like, "Oh, that sounds interesting." And then, you know, obviously pandemic happened and then it's just kind of like it's been pumping up like and then it got released because, you know, everybody's doing their Oscar push right now. So yeah. it got released. 
And uh, yeah, it's but it's like super sad. <laughs> it's a pretty depressing documentary. But it was crazy. It had me engaged. It had me super engaged. I was like, I, I started watching it like super late at night on the weekend. Like, yeah. I want to say like 1130. And I just could not turn it off. Like, I wanted to see what happened to these people, even though they were like horrible people. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. They're not horrible people. They just have like gnarly pass and they're dealing Too with Too late. Of, you, uh, you said it. You're going to get canceled. Huh? Too late, you're gonna get canceled. <laughs> no take back. I saw that, and then I saw two documentaries on Amazon because one, I kept I keep hearing on Doug Loves Movies. Amy Miller talked about it a long time ago. It's called Jasper Mall, mm. and it's about the mall in Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> and and then one of my favorite comedians, Joe Mandy, posted about it this weekend, and he was just like, "I stumbled upon this on Amazon. I recommend highly." And I was like, "All right." So I watched it, and dude, it's really good. It's <laughs> it's another one that's like depressing because the culture of malls is like dying you it's know just what I mean? crazy huh? yeah. in the midwest what, what happened it's crazy man that the malls are dying yeah like it goes you know ever since the pandemic you know a lot of these stores had to shut down so like a lot of these malls had like anchor stores like they talk about it in the documentary how like you know jc penny was their store yeah macy's they were, yeah they like shut down and so it's crazy you just see the cast of characters like a lot of people that go to that mall just go there to like walk around like all the like, yeah, like all the, like the workout people, the older workout people in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy, <laughs> and like you meet the security guide, security guard, and that's basically your guide, uh, literally, and that's the guide, uh, guiding you through the mall. But like he's guiding you through the story as well, and it's just about like, you know, he's like hustling to get stores to go, uh, rent out spaces at the mall because they, you know, there's no yeah. revenue and they're gonna shut down his place of work. But it's crazy, man. It's it's a wild story. It goes to show you like. It like introduces you to a bunch of like small town people and that small town life, and it's like it's something I have no idea. I don't know anything about. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's always interesting to see that shit. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and it's definitely one of those. It's definitely one of those documentaries that's gonna stick with you. Like, oh man, this is this is crazy. Like, I I don't know how else is, it's like. Dear Zachary, it's like one that's always gonna stick with me. Like, what the fuck? This is crazy. <laughs> And then I saw uh, another Amazon documentary because right after Jasper Mall, it got I got recommended this, and it was uh, on a on a it was either last Sunday I was just like lazy Sunday I was like hungover, and it was like one of those things where it's like ah fuck it I'll just watch this, and it's about like uh, vintage books and like booksellers and how that's like a crazy market, like uh you know people are selling like books from like the 1600s 1500s like in, you know what like I mean? trade shows or is it like in actual stores. Different stores, like I guess there's like famous stores in New York that are like Crazy. sellers, but you know they've had to like move into like other venues, avenues to get, uh, like to make money. So like some of these places turn into like, uh, like notaries and like places where you can go get like autographs authenticated. And, oh, okay. You know. Yeah. But it's crazy. It's just crazy. Like, it just goes into like it shows you. It follows like these six booksellers and like how one is like at the top of the game was like this young shark is trying to get in the game and like <laughs> how they find books like they go to like estate sales of people that have passed away and you're just like i'm gonna buy this whole collection and it was pretty interesting i i did it, i saw it on a whim and i was like oh man like i really enjoyed this i, I didn't feel like i wasted time watching it you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and then what else did i see i saw uh pretend it's a city which is a really good uh four-part series uh uh that martin scorsese produced about fran Leibowitz, the culture writer new york times uh writer and author um and she's like the typical new yorker like she's just she's like she is what you think of when you think of a new yorker she's like a new york jew who like is very brash and is like very witty and very funny uh-huh. and it's just like her thoughts on like living in new york city and like how it's like the greatest city in the world what's and shit called like again? that and 
uh, pretend it's a city. It's really good. It, I I, re- I recommend it. It's like I think four forty five minute episodes. It's really good. It's on Netflix. Um, and like Martin Martin Scorsese is like interviewing her. They're having like a a Q and A, and like it cuts back and forth through like inter- interviews and like follows her around town and like her daily life and shit. It's funny though. She's, cool. Yeah, she's saw, like a cute old Jewish lady. I saw the trailer for that like a, a little while ago. Did it just come out? Yeah, it just came out. It just came out uh, either last week or the week before. But oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, it looked good. It looked, it, looked good. It's good. Trailer. It's good. I recommend it. It's like one of those things that like flies by. You know what I mean? And it's since it's split up in four parts, you don't have to sit and watch everything. You know yeah. What I mean? And if you don't like it, you don't have to watch it. It's not like we're like, is this gonna get better in the th- in the third hour? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been wanting uh, to watch. That. I've been I wanting s- to watch that. Happened? I've been wanting to watch that Cecil the Cecil Hotel documentary. I've been hearing bad that's, things about yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's four episodes. I, and then I heard that I after heard two it's episodes, not bad. Be, I just heard done. it's like you could have just made it one episode. Yeah, like it's like way overbloated. It's like the Night Stalker episode, that Night Stalker thing, the documentary. Uh-huh. To me, it was one episode too long. Oh, okay. I felt like you could have you could explain the catching in like the third episode and just went into his history a little bit better. You oh, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I just felt like it was one episode too long. Uh huh. But it was good. I enjoyed that. But yeah, the thing I hear about that Cecil Hotel is like you could have just explained this in fucking like one hour. What, yeah, I heard it was. Half, I had, like that's something parts. like that's like two episodes too long or something. Yeah, yeah but but like uh, it's that like that's the Netflix Netflixication. The four episode uh, docu series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you just have to content, you know what I mean? You have to get it longer. Uh, I just heard a podcast, and they were talking about that. Jeff Nichols, as a matter of fact, was talking about it. Oh, really? Uh, and he, yeah, he was just saying that, like, some of these documents, he's like, I had no shade at them, but, like, you could see how Netflix, like, drags these things out, you know what I mean? You know because who's they really were at, good at documentaries is HBO. Uh, that's another one. Really? Sometimes they're too long, dude. The newer the newer ones, the ones that are on, like, HBO Max, like, yeah. I know if you ever saw that Vow series, it's just like, oh, my God, why am I watching this? No, I've, I've been watching that Lady in the Car Oh, Lady in the Dale. Yeah, Lady in the Dale. That's a good one. It's cool. Yeah, Mark Norman's been talking about it. Oh, so really? Watch it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. That's the uh, the Duplass brothers. That's like their second documentary. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They were talking about it. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. He's talking about it on his podcast, and he said it's really good. He's like, it's fucking gnarly. He recommended that one in the Tiger documentary. The Tiger. Have you seen the Tiger documentary? Yeah. That's crazy. Wait, the which one? The, the the one on Netflix. The Tiger. The fucking Tiger. Uh, Tiger Woods. Oh no 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 no! no I haven't seen that one. I thought, I thought you were talking about the Tiger King. Oh no, I never, I never seen Tiger no? King. It's pretty cool. It's interesting. No. That one, that one. That's what my that, mom said. That my one mom's could just like, be it's a little shorter. Gnarly. Yeah, that one could be a little shorter, but it's like, it's a really cool story. My mom's just like the characters are like so fucking crazy. Yeah. I'm like, uh, uh. <laughs> uh, I saw. Yeah, I, I think that's it. I, I, I watched uh, Judas and the Black Messiah again, just to watch it again, just to see if uh, I still like it and. I must say, I still like it. I still enjoy it very much. <laughs> um, yeah, it was weird. Uh, I told you guys last pod that I had watched the Samurai, Les Samurai, and Ghost Dog. Yeah, and like I just, uh, it just fit in that theme with me watching those movies recently. I've just been on like a real, like a noir kick lately, and uh, yeah, it has that like noir feel to it. Um, but yeah, it's good. Recommend cool. it. You guys should go see that movie. Um, but yeah, that's I uh, saw. I saw some other ones. I saw I Care a Lot. Um, yeah, uh, we can get it to Nomadland. So how'd you? What'd you? Well, think I, I got some some news from uh, the go. movie world. Oh yeah, go for it. So like I, I saw baby. that they're Jimmy, baby. they're gonna uh, make a Twisted Metal show, and uh, I guess it's gonna be like Will Arnett's production company is gonna make it. Okay. And it's gonna be written by the guys who wrote Deadpool and Zombieland. And I guess okay. Will Arnett's gonna be Sweet Tooth. 
So that's like huh. that's interesting. That, that has like a lot of potential to be really really cool. Yeah, you know, like it, I could see that being really cool. And it, there's no like set like like where it's gonna be streamed at yet. Like if it's gonna be Netflix or HBO. But I could see it going to HBO since it could, it's going to be produced by the because PlayStation has their own production company now. They're doing the Last yeah. of Us uh, show and they're doing the Uncharted movie. So this is going to be their third, like in the you know the third thing that project that they're working on. But I'm um, mad, dude. I mean, I haven't played that game like in 20 years, but I remember like when I was playing it, like I loved it. It was like really cool. That's me and my that's me and my brothers. Like that's one of our favorite games like that we played together. Playing as like Axe and shit. That was just a game that we played a lot. It was that. It was like Tony Hawk, Dave Mira. Um, cool borders, oh, like yeah. those games yeah, were like Mira, games I that me and that. my brother played all the fucking time. Yeah, yeah, and so, but yeah, specifically, I remember we played Tissa Metal, Tissa Metal Two, um, and then I remember, like, I remember when it became the franchise, and it was just like every year they'd be like, yeah. fucking Tissa Metal," and I remember me and my brother. That's when, like, you would. That's when the like video game rentals were real big like like at Hollywood Video they had like that whole section of like the gaming center and that was like that's that was like their gimmick versus Blockbuster like they had the game all way more of the games and like Blockbuster uh-huh. did cuz like Blockbuster didn't have like I don't know like I remember the Hollywood the the Hollywood Video used to have like a section that was like cool it was like gated off and it, it had was, like all dude, their it like, was video like games, street remember? it looked like a street like like it was like a, a chain link fence. fence yeah 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 yeah, yeah. But yeah. I remember like Blockbuster had video games, and I remember they had. I remember specifically, you could rent uh, Virtual Boy from fucking uh, Blockbuster, oh, and yeah. they had like a display where you could play it. Uh-huh. Um, but I just remember that was a gimmick at Hollywood Video. I was like, this is like the gaming place, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I remember long story, long story uh, to get to the point. Basically, that me and my brother had like we at the, we were we rented Twisted Metal Four, uh-huh. and we we're just like, oh yeah, this is way too gnarly. Like this isn't this is like too <laughs> crazy. Like this isn't for us anymore. It was just like like it just what like it was too like fast paced or just it was too like, zany. It was like too over the top and uh, I don't know. We just didn't like it. I don't know. I I, I, I I remember playing Twisted Metal and then I ended up going like graduating and like going to see like those Faces of Death videos like from Blockbuster. I'd them and I'd be like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that was, that was the crazy. first thing that you said when you said they're gonna be a Twisted Metal show. It just reminded me of like all those like uh forgotten like not fan fiction shows but like remember that company what is it machinima Ma- oh yeah 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 Machinima. they had like the mortal kombat show and, oh like, yeah the, the animation Rangers, ones yeah like web series i don't know i figured like that it has like in my head that's like the first thing that i went to it's like that cheesier so quality some, not cheesy but like they try to do like dark you know, oh yeah, like yeah dark versions of like yeah <laughs> and then um, like marvel the Mar- marvel night marvel nightification of like oh yeah, yeah. Uh, video games <laughs> like mature audiences only kind of thing. And then I have uh the the Edgar Wright's gonna do the adaptation of a Running Man novel. Dude, that's sick. I can't wait for that. I thought I honestly think I honestly feel like you were getting more excited for the Ari Aster news, but yeah, do that. Like... Yeah, no, that's crazy too. <laughs> like I was flipping out over that. Like that's like wild. And because like I was tell- I was telling my wife that that movie is projected to be four hours long. That's wild. And I'm like I'm all for it, dude. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm all for that. <laughs> Again, Ari Aster and Joaquin Phoenix, man. Phoenix, Woo. yeah. And A twenty four. My thing, my thing is, uh, uh, with the Edgar Wright Running Man stuff, is it going to be the Running Man or is it going to be the Stephen King? Because I guess like the book is different than the movie. This is going to be the Stephen King movie. adaptation. This what? The Stephen King adaptation. So it's not going to have anything. Oh, to do with, okay. It's not going to do anything with the movie out. It's going to be about the yeah. book, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, dude, he's like he's like perfect for it because he's just like. He's like such a. He's got two movies coming out this year. What else? I know. I know. One night in Soho, and then what's the other one? 
and then he's making the documentary about the Sparks, the Sparks oh, Man. Yeah, or yeah. That's supposed to be good too. Sparks, but yeah. it's the Sparks. Yeah, it's supposed to be really good. Yeah, forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah, dude, that's like yeah. he's perfect for that movie. And like, I, who do you think they should cast? Because I mean, everybody's gonna have Arnold Schwarzenegger in their head over like that main character. But like, who would you cast? My thing, like, the thing is, I don't. I've never read the book, so I don't know. Like. I I want I want to read that book. Me but too. Yeah, I, I, I after, after you know reading now because I'm so I read the movies like I love the movie so just because it's so it's like, I mean it's like. But Total I heard Recall. the book is different from the movie, like yeah. way different. Yeah, so I gotta so read like, it. I don't know. It's a short too. I think it's like a novella, so it's like not even that long of a book. Yeah, yeah. I think it's in like a collection of stories. Uh-huh. Yeah, I gotta read that, man. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm excited for that. I love Edgar Wright movies. Yeah. And then Steven- I'm excited for they released a trailer for fucking Invincible today. For Amazon, the animated, the Robert Kirkman. Uh, oh, comic. okay. Uh, it looks really fucking good. But yeah, uh, if you've never read Invincible, I recommend that. That was like Robert Kirkman's book that got him famous, and then he just so happened to make The Walking Dead. So that was before The Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah. He, he before, and then he also ran it uh, consecutively with both of them oh, okay. at the same time. But Invincible is like a really fucking good uh, coming of age story about a superhero. Kind of like reminds me of Nova. His his books are black and white now. Those two, the Invincible and, and Walking Dead, they were black and white. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Does he still do that, or is his newer stuff in color? It's black and white. The covers are in color, but people always think they're in color. But yeah, you read the trade paperbacks and shit, and they're like in black and white. Yeah, that's crazy. The covers, the cover artists are uh, not Alan Moore, Charlie Moore. I'm sorry, forgive me. I said Alan Moore, the God Alan Moore. I meant Charlie Moore, who is. Uh, does some of my uh, some of my favorite comic book covers of all time are Walking Dead covers, specifically Walking Dead number twelve. I love it. Chef's oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> kiss. <laughs> and then uh, Stephen King and J.J. Abrams are going to make a horror anthology, which is which is awesome, dude. Because Bad Robot's got the money, dude, to give Stephen King what he needs, you know. And he's it's like. I feel like this is yeah. his time to shine because even now his books have been pretty good. The Outsider, yeah. you know, like so he still has it, you know, like he's still Stephen King. It's not like he lost his footing or anything. So I'm, I mean, I'm excited for that new anthology. Like Creepshow was awesome. The remake? No, the the original. Oh, it's like a horror anthology, you know. But yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's yeah. cool. I'm excited for that. And then I'm like whatever. And then uh, Brett Ratner, he's coming back. <laughs> he's making he's making it return. Yeah, I heard right. He saw they say, uh, I saw somebody post like, "There's no such thing as canceling in Hollywood." Yeah, what is he making? He's crawling out of the cancel cave. He's making the the Millie Vanilli biopic. That's right. That's right. Millie Vanilli, dude. That what a what a pool making man. Making a movie about a can the first cancel the first canceled brothers. <laughs> What, like, it's... Typical white man making a black man story. A <laughs> <laughs> canceled white man or, uh, to it already, you know? Like, it's like uh, such a weird. Trash. It's like yeah, he he sucks, but it's like such a weird thing, you know what I mean? Like, hey, his it makes first... me mad that he made the Brush Hour series. It makes me so because it's so good. I know. <laughs> <laughs> His X Men. Did he make the first? Did he make the first Charlie's Angels? Probably, dude. That shit sucked. So, <laughs> I like the first one. The first one's good. Dude. The Cameron Diaz one. Yeah, with Tom Green. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if Tom is uh, Sam Rockwell in the first one or the second. I one? think he's in the he's second in one. one. Yeah, I like the first one though. The first one's good. But, right, uh, right, yeah, he yeah, makes some fucking... some weird shit. Like his his X Men's weren't that good. His what? His X Men movies. I know a lot of people like X2. I don't like the last, last stand, but I thought that was, what's his name? Uh, Brian Singer. Isn't that guy a creep too? Yeah, that guy's a super creep. He's like a child child molester kid, right? Like he, he did some yeah, child yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. That and he had like a uh, mass, like uh, like uh, orgies, like at his pad, like big, like orgy parties, apparently. 
Yeah. Well, that's there's nothing uh, wrong with that as long as everybody's in cons- consenting, you know. He yeah, made. Well, he I made. Guess, uh, some people weren't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. You got a point there. Where, that's where Kevin Spacey was hanging out, dude. He did Mariah Carey "Touch My Body" video. <laughs> Brett Ratner. Uh huh. He did. He did yeah. a lot of music videos. He mm-hmm. came up in the school of. Uh, uh, what's his Michael name? Bay? Little X, Hype Williams, and uh, Dave Myers. Like he came up in that school of directing a lot of music videos, like big music videos we know. LL Cool J, uh, Heavy D and the Boys, Jodeci. <laughs> Hell yeah, he did. You he did Hercules. Was that like a live action movie that he made? I don't know. That's weird. Can't be the animated one, right? Uh, no. Oh, with the with the Rock. Oh yeah, there was one uh, Hercules. Yeah, that came out. It was like Scorpion King, basically. Yeah. Cop House, Mariah Carey. He did a lot of Mariah Carey and Madonna stuff. Yeah, but he's making Millie Vanilli. That's like, it blew my mind. I was like, like that's a crazy ass, like, like to be your comeback movie, like coming out of being canceled and you're doing a Millie Vanilli. Whatever, man. That's crazy. Hold on, let me, let me pull these dudes up real quick. What was I going to say? Uh... I'm a love girl. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a banger, dude. Yeah, you know it's true. Yeah, imagine hearing this in the theater. Yeah, oh, that's fire, dog. You know it's gonna be a Netflix movie. Yeah, I know it's gonna, it's gonna, be, it's gonna be on Plex or it's gonna be on Epix. <laughs> oh shit, dude! And then the, the last thing of the news is just that the Crudes man made a comeback in the box office. They they were. Uh, uh, Doug Benson's been talking about it. it was like, that was like the Killy. That movie was like leading the fucking pack for a while. Really? Like, yeah, uh, like, I guess like it was five weeks. Movie. Five weeks of number one, and then it went away for two months, and then now it's back at number one. <laughs> I <was> like, what? <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah well, that makes sense. It's like a movie you take your kids to see at the drive-in. You yeah. Know? Came on Thanksgiving. That's crazy. That is wild. Is Nicolas Cage in that one? I don't no, know. No, it's Ryan Reynolds. No, I don't know. I've, n- I've never seen never seen The first one. one is Nicolas Cage. Oh. But no, yeah. uh, what's his name? Uh, Louis C.K. was on the first Pets, and then he got canceled, and then they got the uh, what's that? What's the other dude? The one his wife made the book about uh, the night the the killer in San Francisco. Oh, Pat Oswalt. Pat Oswalt. Then he was in the second Pets. I gotta say, Louis C.K. killed it, dude. <laughs> He's coming back. He's making a comeback, dude. He's been doing a lot of shows. Yeah, apparently. little one-off shows. Yeah, uh, back east, a lot of the comedy community is all like up in arms. Like people are divided by really? it. Really. Yeah, because uh, I I always heard that like he was like not that crazy like his his allegations were not like too crazy you know I don't know I mean they're crazy but my biggest thing is like if you don't like them then don't support the guy like mm-hmm. it's that simple you know what I mean like if you yeah, don't like them don't, watch, don't pay for on, his move on mental, you know yeah. what I mean yeah if he has an audience he has an audience there's not that's not like there's nothing you can do about it well, why are you gonna be a crusader about like oh you know like whatever man you ever see Horace he, and Pete he, what do you ever see Horace and Pete I watched the first four episodes. Oh, okay, yeah, it's, on and it's just now. one of those, th- just one of those things where I, not that I didn't like it because I liked it a lot. It was just one of those things where I was watching other things and I just didn't go back to it. You know mm, okay, I mean? yeah, yeah. But I seen because I seen yeah I seen like the first four episodes. It's cool. I liked it. And I mean, the what's his name's in it? Uh, Steve Buscemi and uh, what's her name from the fucking Roseanne? Uh, she was in Lady Bird. God, what's her name? She plays a mom in Lady Bird. Lori something? I always always think it's Lori, Lori Metcalf? Yeah, Lori, Lori Metcalf. Metcalf. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. in it. She does that like super gnarly monologue about Yeah, it just like it starts on her mouth and then yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was um, a good that was a good shot. But yeah. It was a very interesting show. Um but yeah, like apparently, yeah, he's been getting up like doing shows and shit like that. And people are like 
so divided. And then, and then uh, Chris D'Elia posted a video finally, like, oh yeah, did you see that? Yeah, that's so weird to me. Like, see that right there. So like him specifically, like the I know a lot of comedians that are like going to bat for him. Mm-hmm. Um, or I I'm fan of com- a lot of comedians who are going to bat for him. Um, I personally have never been like a huge fan of Dalia. Oh, I loved him. You know dude. What I mean? He was so funny. Like I wasn't just he's just one of those guys I never got into. You he, know what he's I mean? like, like like his comedy, it was like okay for me, but like his yeah. his podcasting was like amazing. Like when he would argue with people and get get into it, people, it was just like so <laughs> funny, man. Like him and Bobby yeah, yeah, Lee yeah, yeah. and like uh Brian Callen and you know, like all those guys, like yeah, they could yeah, go yeah, back yeah. and forth. Like it's so funny. Uh, but yeah, he came back and I saw him post that thing and people were just like, oh, it's, you couldn't, you couldn't, you had to come back. Da, da, da. It's like, well, of course, this is, but the this comedy is community, li- the comedy li- community is just like, uh, I know a lot of people that were just like, whatever, man, like he admitted to what he did. And as far as I'm concerned, he didn't do anything bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, he said everything was consensual. It was just that they were like in their twenties and he was in his late thirties and uh, no, nah, they were, they were younger than that. But the thing is like, nothing ever happened. And, uh, yeah, they were just messages and yeah, it's weird. Like, I don't want to get into it cause I don't want to sound like I'm like, uh, fucking, uh, like defending the guy. I could care less. You know what I mean? It's just weird that like, no, you that, like, the, um, too late. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna get canceled. <laughs> it's just weird that like, there's such a divide, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's odd. Well, it's just cause right now it's If you like, don't like it, my biggest thing is if you don't like these people, don't support them. Yeah, that's, it's true. Just don't even, don't even, whatever. Just keep, keep on, your time, keep you on know? scrolling through your Instagram feed, you know? There's like so many, there's so many more comedians that you could like that, uh, need the money. You know what I mean? Like Mark Norman. Go if, check him out. He's like Mark Norman, whistle, like Sad Morrell. Hell Sam yeah. Sad Morrell, dude. dude like, he's awesome. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Um, but yeah, there's like plenty of, uh, uh, Joe Mandy. There's a million comedians that like, you can go down the line and be like, uh, I like this guy. Like, why isn't Rory Scovel fucking huge? Why isn't Nick Thune fucking Dude, huge? Nick Thune, you know I mean? man. Like, yeah, I know. Why isn't Todd Glass, like, why doesn't he have his flowers? Like, why isn't Todd Glass a comedy superstar? I feel like that's you know his, I mean? his own thing, though. You know what I mean? I think Todd Glass is like a weirdo where he just like, I feel like if he ever starts to get famous, he'll be like, he's going to back off or something. I don't know. I just see that like. <laughs> no, his... I, don't th- I don't think so. I just think that like. He's so weird. He's like Brody. He's like yeah. a comedian's comedian. Like, but but the thing is, like, the comedy community loves that guy. He, so. They they use him like like comedy clubs hire him to design their their rooms. They're you know like because he I guess he's like really he knows like where to put the lighting and where to put the curtains and and like the stage needs to be yeah. this high. Like, I guess he's like really good at that. It's crazy. Yeah, my thing is, but a lot of these guys, it's like if you're don't. There's just so many comedians out there. Yeah, dude. and there's so many new comics that like deserve your fucking your time. You know what I mean? Uh yeah, I don't know. It's like whatever. You you, you okay? Let's get into Nomadland. All right, all right. So I saw this what two two nights ago. You saw it? Oh. Did you see it through Hulu or did you see it through the uh, the? No, I saw it through Hulu. Remember, Hulu? I couldn't get tickets. Oh okay. Yeah, dude, it's it's fucking awesome. Like I loved it. Really? Yeah. Did you, you didn't like it, huh? It bugged me. Oh. I I it it uh. I told Ralph that this is the first time in a long time, or this is the first time that I was like so mad I didn't get to see it in theaters. I was like fucking uh-huh. frustrated. I was like because was I know for dude. a fact this would have impacted me way more in uh-huh. the theaters. Like I know for a fact, dude. Like me too. I, like I, I think I would have liked it more because I did see myself. Because it's a movie where it like demands your attention, but yet it's like there's so many t- there's so many parts in the movie where you could just pull out your phone because like nothing like nobody's talking. But it's like that's yeah. where like there's like beautiful scenery, cinematography. You know what I mean? 
And like I did find myself a yeah. little bit like looking at my phone and you know doing stuff and then but like I, if yeah. I if I had to sit there and just stare at the screen, I thought it would like yeah. I loved it already, but like I could see myself liking it even more. My thing is I had such high expectations. You well, because you love the writer, this fucking movie for like two and a half years. Yeah, you know what I mean. Her last movie, The Writer, was like my favorite fucking yeah. movie of 2017. Like I'm all in. Like I'm like following Chloe Zhao's fucking storyline. Like she's making the Eternals with Kumail and Angelina. Which is crazy, like, man. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. But like. And I know that she, you know, she. There was only a, a skeleton crew of like three people when they made this movie. They made this movie like two years ago, and I loved it. I fucking loved it. Uh, I thought it was a beautiful film. I thought it was gorgeous, mm-hmm. but it didn't fucking hit me in the gut like I wanted it to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is it one of my top five movies of the year? Yes, definitely, mm-hmm. hands down. But uh, yeah, there was just qualms I had with it. Like, uh, it took me a while for it to click. Um, once I figured out what, what she was doing, because it's like, as much as people say that Frances McDormand like disappears, she doesn't, that's not the point of Frances McDormand. Frances McDormand isn't supposed to disappear. That's Frances McDormand. She's not going to, well, she said she modeled her character after her younger self. So like for her to disappear, wouldn't even be like, you know, she's just playing herself as a younger version. So like, I get that. But my whole thing was like, she's not, she's just your guide in this world. She's the guide. Like, you know. She is your exposition. She's what's moving the story along. It's because you have to follow somebody. As far as the movie, right? Like, yeah, as a viewer of the movie, she's your guide. As a viewer of the movie. And so it took me uh, a good 40 minutes. I looked at my watch. A little 40 40 minutes for it to click. For it to be like, oh, I know what you're doing now. This is is what you're doing. And uh, not that I didn't dislike that, but it just... Up until those 40 minutes, it was like I was really trying to focus on it. And I was like really having a hard time. Yeah focusing on it because it's two o'clock in my fucking bedroom and i'm watching this movie that i kept getting mad that it's like i wish i was seeing this in a fucking movie theater uh-huh. you know what i mean um david shatharin is like one of my favorite fucking actors of all time i was saying ralph he's like the older scoot mcnary that's like my guy <laughs> <laughs> he like falls in the class of like christopher abbott sue mcnary giovanni ribisi like these fucking character actors who people know it's like the get that guy you know what i yeah. mean yeah He's come out and like, he was like a low budget uh, god for a while, and he's done like big movies. He had Good Night and Good, good Light, Good Night, and Good Luck, which was like his. So he got nominated for an Oscar for, and you know he worked with John Sales a lot, who was one of my idols, and I fucking loved him. And I love, I love the movie. I love the story. Like what everything Ralph was saying about it, how like it's a story about love, compassion. You know, uh-huh. and it's everything. You know, it's beautiful. It's about, um, it's about a community that like we forget about as a country, you know what I mean? There's like pockets of communities we always forget about, you know, it's like, uh, people in the Midwest who are like poor, uh, that don't come from the same socio socioeconomic background as me. Mm-hmm. There's like whole groups of people that we have no, we know nothing about. Like all these people, that's those are real people. You know yeah. what I mean? That's like a real group of people that like, are fucking like searching for something, you know what I mean? To be constantly searching for something on these journeys, like on these fucking uh, spiritual journeys to like find something. Um, some just destitute. Some just don't have a place, you know, and they're just like, this is the cheapest way to fucking live. Yeah. And you go to town to town and like, yeah, it's like, it's a heavy movie. And yeah, I my biggest qualm was I just wish I saw it in the theaters. I liked it, uh, but it, it, it didn't. It didn't uh, satiate my appetite. I was like really hoping I would, this would like knock me on my fucking ass. I still think like when I saw the kid detective, I want that feeling. I want that fucking feeling of like, holy shit, this is it. Like I fucking found, I found my spiritual equal. I found somebody who's like, I connect work. I connected with on a fucking emotional level. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
and just the fact of like I felt I was so distracted that I couldn't lock in Bun Me Out. And that's not the director's fault. That's just my like qualm with like being able to fucking see. That's why I still think the movie's fucking great. I think it's a beautiful fucking movie. Yeah. Um I think uh she should probably win for best director. Cause they're pushing her. I mean, because like, pushing. like these are not even actors in the movie. You know what I mean? And it's it's crazy yeah. that like she can bring this out on these just normal people, like the actual nomads that they you know that they filmed with. And, like, and I was just thinking, like, man, like the acting in this movie is just like insanely good. You know, yeah. like it's like some of the best acting I've seen all year, and they're not even actors. It's like it's insane. Yeah. It's cra- yeah, yeah, yeah. for her to bring. Yeah, that that's up. what my I talked to my dad about watching it, and my dad's big qualm was like, you know what. Uh, that movie was way too depressing. But he kept like being like, "Wait, that wasn't an actor?" And I was like, "No, Dad. Like, there's only two actors in it. Like, you know who they were." <laughs> yeah. And he was like, "Oh yeah." He's like, "But you, so that lady, the one that like disappears for a while, that's she's not an actor." I'm like, "No, Dad. There's no actors. Those are real people." Like, yeah, it's funny. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, I was like, "It's yeah. I know, dude. It's just like, and it, it it's the acting was insane. Like, it was just everything was every all the acting was very good. It the acting was so good, dude. It honestly felt like a documentary at times. Like the yeah. way it was shot, it just you know what I mean. Just different things. It just made it feel like okay, this is I'm watching real life, you know. And like yeah. some of the stories are just so real. Like I'm sure they they you know they were real stories from the people that they yeah. found, you know. But um, yeah, man. That and the the, the cinematography was amazing. Like it was just. Just the camp where they set up and like the time, like just I, I could see this being like such a pain in the ass to shoot because so much of the movie looked like beautiful, like as far as like the sunsets and like like vast like landscapes, you know what I mean? Like trying to find that golden hour, like I could see this being kind of like a pain in the ass to shoot, but like it paid off, man. Yeah. Like it was really good, and then just like it just felt so human in this movie. Like I don't know, just yeah. the, that's that's that that's the best way I could describe it. Is it? You know, is it? It's so human that like to know that you connected on it on an emotional level like that, and it's just normal people, and to know that it struck a chord with me because I felt like uh, it humanized a group of people that I have no idea anything up like no, nothing about, and the fact that when we talked to Ralph, Ralph was like, you know, like I relate to this movie so much. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's just straight human emotion. Like I look at her work uh, akin to uh, I hate to say it because like there's so many. Sh- comparisons to like people always make that comparison to uh like terrence malick like a lot of her stuff is like a tone poem you know what uh-huh. i mean it's like uh nothing may be happening on screen but it's just like so beautiful you know like what you're watching unfold it's like um it's like almost like an out-of-body experience you're having basically projected on screen yeah you know what i mean yeah and uh yeah i hate to like compare her to terrence malick because she has such a singular voice but I would just recommend if you guys like this movie, go watch her last movie, The Writer, because everything Ruben's saying is like to the nth degree on The Writer, because none of those people are actors. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just about a kid who rides rodeo and like his story that he's half Indian, half white, and he lives on the reservation. It's crazy because like I wonder how her like for her to do The Writer and then Frances McDormand. I guess she read read the book and then she's the one that got Chloe to come and direct it and like bring Correct. the movie to life. And so yeah. then for her to be like, I don't want actors in this movie either. For right. her to go direct the, the fucking Eternals for Marvel, like, what a fucking change, dude, it's going to be for her. Like, these are all, like, actor, actor, <sighs> well, you know? Like, you know, that's a good that's a good thing. You know, like, uh, I read an article about, you know, they were, they, were, they were talking about how, like, there's this new guard of, like, directors. But, you know, a couple of years ago, there was that whole, like, Wonder Kid, one, uh, Wonder Kid, 
uh, class of directors who like flamed out. A lot of them flamed out. The only one that kind of succeeded is Ryan Coogler. But you know, there was like Josh Trank, there was Colin Trevorrow, uh-huh. there was like uh, all these guys that like made these super indie darling movies. Chronicle, uh, what is that movie they made? Uh, with Mark Duplass about the time travel. Um, oh, Audrey Safety Plaza. Not Guaranteed. That one? What is it called? Safety Not Guaranteed. Safety Not Guaranteed. Like they uh-huh. all made these like movies and then they got like thrown into the fucking uh big system you know what i mean yeah these huge systems like and you know there's a whole new guard of like guys or people who are like getting thrusted into that like chloe Zhao, shaka king adam wingard um adam wingard that are like you know they're proven talents Uh and they're kind of like okay they're taking the right steps the right necessary precautions and it's kind of like the studios have kind of figured out like what made them special is their voice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like don't really fuck up. Well, you just kind of have to mold. Studio movies is like you kind of lose. Everybody says you lose your voice when you when you do like a huge yeah. studio movie. And that's like you, people look at Ryan Coogler. You know what I mean? They think yeah. he's like the second coming because he did it. Like, uh-huh. and so people are like, you got to kind of you meld. You know, and you got to let somebody do it. Like. You got to let somebody, you got to work together. And so they kind of figured it out. But there's the article is basically about, you know, like, yeah, there's this whole direction of like younger directors that are doing that. And uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's uh, I hope they don't get swallowed up like the last class. But yeah, I mean, Nomadland is a fucking beautiful film, man. Mm -hmm. I just I was so frustrated. I like wanted to fucking beat the fucking walls. It's like, why couldn't I see this in the theater? Yeah. It's so funny because like yeah. Nomadland's like one of those movies where like a lot of people, if it wins the best director, actress, movie, whatever, it's like one of those movies where like a lot of people don't see, you know? And then it's just like, oh, the I fucking Oscars. I like think the a lot of people Oscars. are going to see it. Well, if, if it's because of notoriety after the Oscars, probably. But I mean, my dad saw it. It's just on streaming right now. That's right. It's and it's got Hulu, Francis huh? McDormand. Yeah, you it's know what Hulu, I mean? That's right. So, like, that's the thing where I'm just like, fuck it, dude. Like, I hope it wins all the awards. Like, when you say, like, when you're like, I hope she wins the best director, I hope so too, man. Yeah. They're doing like a huge push for this movie. Like, there's commercials for it. You know, it's a big, uh, it's the, it's like the, the movie that Hulu's pushing right now. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I just like, I know people that saw it that are like, I would never think seen it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, what the fuck? You saw Nomadland? Like, and so, I don't know. I just, it's it's one of those things. Like, uh, I read, I heard an interview with Shaka King. He was talking about Judas and the Messiah. And he's like, you know what? If this movie came out and we weren't in a pandemic, he's like, honestly, I don't know people if people would see it. I just don't think people would have went to see it like they're going to see it. Uh-huh. You know, because you're locked up and you have nothing else and HBO Max is pushing this as like a marquee film. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it came out. There's like movies that are coming out at the right time because we've kind of adjusted to pandemic life or com- com- compartmentalized it as much as we can that like these movies are going to kind of succeed because you don't have anything else to watch. And they're basically and free of, with your subscription. Like you don't have to pay anything else to, you know what I mean, and, more to watch it. And at this point you've trained yourself to kind of watch a movie like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, cause you've been at home for so long that mm-hmm. now at this point it's just like, okay, I get it. You know? And, uh, I think nomad land works on another level too, because it just is the outside. It's like we all want that so fucking bad. Yeah, it's true, man. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be outside so fucking bad. It's like we've had these quarantine movies that did not do very good. That Anne Hathaway movie. Um, That's a good point, that man. Other, That's a really the good other point. quarantine movie that just came out on IFC. And it's just like these movies aren't working. But like uh-huh. Nomadland, I, th- I think Nomadland is going to work. I hope so. I hope it gets pushed. But uh, yeah, my biggest qualms, I wish I we saw it in the theater. It's crazy because, like, yeah, the movie is, like, she wants that freedom, you know, to just roam. 
And like yeah. that's what the movie is, you know, just that freedom to go wherever. You know, she's like, um, what's it, the gig labor? Like, you know, you just go to city and then like they have it set up for you. You work on Amazon for a month. And then you go to this other one. You work around. It's just like freedom, and it's like yeah, exactly like a, we're all like locked a up in our movie like that. We're all, we're all locked up in our houses right now. So I could see that, yeah, being like a thing where it'll work out. I don't know, dude. It's just wild because like my dad, like I said, my dad watched it. And I'm just like, not that my dad won't watch it because like it's wild. That's like why I'm. Uh, I feel like I've seen so many fucking random ass movies because like my parents were. Uh, uh, they made a, a choice to be like hella, like make us hella cultured and like show us all these fucking foreign films and shit when uh-huh. we were little, but. And my dad, you know, he's like, he's the film nerd. That's where I got it from. But um, it's just crazy that he saw it like right off the bat. He was like, when he came over this weekend, I was grilling and he was outside and he was like talking to me. He was like, yeah, man, that movie was just too sad, man. I was like really <laughs> bummed out by that movie. I was like, that's funny. That like it hit you on that level. You know, yeah. like, that it, it made you feel something. Yeah. 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 It's definitely sad and beautiful at the same time, you know. So yeah, I definitely recommend yeah. it. Yeah. I definitely cool. recommend it. Cool, man. I think, that, uh, I think that does it for this episode. Yeah, we don't have any stories this week. It's just a lot of fucking movie talk and random life shit right now. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, go watch a movie. Uh, uh, DM me and tell me, hey, I fucking hated that movie. You recommended, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do that. Uh, but yeah, I hope you guys are uh, handling the pandemic uh, right now. It's been uh, pretty heavy. We've all been kind of bummed lately. About this shit. Um, just because I feel like people see the light at the end of the tunnel. So there's like a lot of restlessness. And I feel like this pod, we kind of touched on it a lot. <laughs> uh, but that's natural. That's, you know, yeah. it, it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, hit us up in the DMs and let us know. Ruben kind of wants to do uh, uh, see if you guys would reach out to us and ask us questions. If you made it this far, you know, hit me up with some questions. <laughs> you know the vibes. Uh, but yeah. Uh, see you guys when I see you or see you at another time. This has been the Real Nostalgia Podcast coming to you live and direct. Laters. Later. I'm a girl.